You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, all are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. Um, we're going to interview Kayleen. We're doing these little, what you would call like mini, mini episodes of how we just kind of, we want to do this with all the people who are a part of the Sacred Collective who come here kind of at the physical um, part of when we record. Um, it would be great if we could also do um, people who listen to us from all over the world, if we could do that. I know Caleb does Revolution with Jay Baker, and they kind of do Meet Your Congregation. And not not to um, steal their thunder, but I think it would be kind of cool if some of our listeners, we, just, we, we see downloads from all over the world. We just kind of want to know who listens to us. But um, so we're going to release these episodes um, – whenever we feel like it's necessary or we kind of have like some stop gaps in there from interviews or some of our own conversations. Um, but we have today um, being interviewed Kayleen. Hello. And a um, little background with Kayleen, if I can say this, Kayleen. Yeah. I'm not going to embarrass you. Oh, I'll um, try not to. I've known Kayleen um, since, what, 2010? Fourth. Maybe, even maybe before, before that, that, 2009. Yeah, maybe, because I met Scotty first, who's my, my BFF. Um, I met him in 08, Brother I think. from another mother. Yeah, yeah, I think I've known you since like 08 or 09. Yeah, so it's been so, about 10 years. Somewhere so there. So you knew Scotty, and then, which Scotty, we actually interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, Reverend Dr. Scotty Williams over in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So we all went to seminary together at uh, good old Bethel Seminary. That we did. And... So you and I have become really good friends. Mm-hmm. You've become friends with me. And then when Amanda and I um, got married, you became really good friends with us. Um, you were at our wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, been, I carried that vat of potato salad, yes. potato soup in my My mom made 30 pounds of potato <laughs> potato soup, which was delicious. It was delicious. We had none left. We did um, not. We people were asking for the recipe. To this day, mm-hmm. almost 10 years later, people are still asking for the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a true story. Um so like we've been friends. We kind of have a lot of the same, um, probably theological views. But uh, so this is going to be like fifteen twenty minutes of us just kind of, um, kind of exploring um, your background of like where you are religiously, how you were raised, and mm-hmm. then kind of what brings you to Sacred Collective, why you believe, and what we're doing here. So um, in a couple of minutes, Kayleen, just kind of explain like where you grew up, kind of your religious background. Like, where you're at now, like, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, the northeast part specifically. So, um, grew up in the Lutheran Church, the ELCA, um, at Gustavus Adolphus in Minneapolis. There's two. There's one in St. Paul and there's one in Minneapolis. I went to the one in Minneapolis. Um so and that was a huge part of my life growing up, just going to all of the different youth gatherings and the different, um, you know, service opportunities that we had. I was really active in the youth group. And then I went to college and got exposed to lots of different new theological ideas that were more conservative than what I had grown up mm-hmm. with because I grew up fairly liberal. And so 
that introduced me to some new ideas that I had not been exposed to before. Didn't always know what to do with them either. Um, and then I went after college, I went to seminary and I really wanted to be a missionary for a long time after I graduated from college, but that just wasn't in the cards. Um, my mother was sick, so I needed to take care of her and other family stuff was going on. So just never really worked out. And then went to seminary, was in seminary for six years. And I studied to be a chaplain and I did chaplaincy, my residency in Wisconsin. And I lived there for three years and did that. Um, a lot of on-call work. So lots of times where I got woken up in the middle of the night because something bad was happening. Somebody was dying, a baby Mm -hmm. was dying. Somebody had died depending on what it was for. Cause I got I worked at a whole bunch of different hospitals, a hospice and a children's hospital at one point throughout my career. So it kind of all add up <laughs> after a little while. And now I work at a call-in center for people with disabilities, helping them with whatever whatever their needs are, which is very broad. Would you say your schooling in college and seminary um, have kind of paved the way for your chaplaincy, like what you've done on chaplaincy and what your job is now? Yeah, definitely. Because for those of you who don't know it, the process of becoming a chaplain is really intense. Really long too. It's really long. It's really intense. And it makes you examine your own emotions, why you respond the way you respond. And it makes you think about how your response to other people and their grief or whatever it is that they're going through at that period of time, how that impacts them. And so you have to be very careful with how you respond to people. Mm-hmm. Very much so. You know, so because you can sometimes cause more damage than 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 which would be like, why are you even there in the first place? So, you know, you have to kind of gauge those kinds of things. Well and 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 I've also said to you, like, you know, my process where I'm in, in, in my denomination, the last kind of like hurdle I have to do before ordination is my CPE, which is mm-hmm. clinical pastoral education, which growing up in the tradition that I did, um, that wasn't even a thing in, in the evangelical world. Um, you don't have to do clinical pastoral education, which no. I think is a very, um, sad thing that you don't have to do that where mm-hmm. you literally just take like a written test, send a resume in to like a church and you're fine. They think like, oh, you can do this like just, you know, on the seat of your pants, which in some instances you can, but how do you, and I've been told by numerous people that clinical pastoral education is <laughs> not necessarily about you giving that care to that person, which is a big part. But it's also examining yourself, mm-hmm. examining your emotions, your mm-hmm. spirituality, your faith. And when it's and not, you, you're not always going to deal with someone who's on mm-hmm. death's door. Mm-hmm. You, I think you've talked about before, um, off mic, obviously, and other times, of like like young kids that you've mm-hmm. had to, like families of mm-hmm. like, you know, the parents were like, why did God do this? And like you as a religious person, you know, as a pastor, as a chaplain would have to say, uh, you know, all those things you were taught in seminary and college or Which was mostly I don't know. Yeah. Because right. I don't know why why their child died. I, right. So that's I have that's no tough. Ex- explanation for that and 
any explanation that I can offer is just going to be cheap crap, which doesn't matter. And honestly, the clinical pastoral education piece, it, it really is more about you and your process. It, it is about, cause it's, it's action, reflection, action. So you get thrown, <laughs> you get thrown in there. The first time I got, I was on call as a chaplain. Holy crap. It was, it was a, it was a full moon and I was running around that hospital like a chicken with my head cut off. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. I didn't even know where, where anything was because I, it was my first, it was like within my first week mm-hmm. and I had no idea. And then after that, we sat in our little group and we talked about it and then we get to write up our visits and then everybody in the group critiques you and sometimes you cry. It sucks, but it's really good. Yeah. So it's very good criticism. I know it's it's like that first season of Friends. Welcome to the real world. It sucks. You're gonna love it. You know, like and (laughs) it's true, but it's also really really hard. Would you recommend anyone, regardless of their denominational background, if they're going into ministry, um, just from your gut mm -hmm. feeling, would you recommend them to do at least? semester's worth or a as unit much of, it's of, a unit yeah, a unit yeah mm-hmm. of cpe definitely um, for those things not just for mm-hmm. them but for like their selves and their own like kind of spiritual development definitely there were some things that i learned in cpe that i never would have done or things that i was able to work through traumas regrets Tears. Mm-hmm. You know, I told a story about something that, that happened, my regret on not being a missionary, and I bawled my eyes out while I did it. But it was good, and it was mm-hmm. healing, and it made it better. So, you know, it's it's not it's not about fixing it. It's about walking alongside that person in the midst of whatever it is that they're going through. Because we want to fix it. And sometimes we can't fix it. Sometimes we can't make it better. Sometimes there's nothing there. But just the fact that I'm there and trying to help is all that's necessary. But I need to pay attention to how my responses are impacting the other people that are around me. And then I also need to pay attention to my own safety Mm because there were times when there were some unsafe things that were happening that I had to pay attention to as well. Like when there were some shootings and stuff like that. So, you know, there wasn't a shooting at the hospital. It was just, it was just a crazy night. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you for that. That's, mm-hmm. I don't even know what words to say to that, but besides that CPE is very important. Yeah. Um, for both, for all parties involved, I would say. Sure. But maybe more beneficial for person wanting to be a chaplain mm-hmm. and i don't think you can ever have too many chaplains because um, <laughs> there's always people who are hurting there's always um, people in who this are hurting. world that you need a good chaplain yeah um there's always help, people to help you or your family or your situation um kind of switching gears sure what what brings you to sacred collective i know i mean besides us being friends but mm-hmm. At your core, whether spiritually, communal, whatever, what what brings you um, to Sacred Collective when you keep coming back? Well, it is a spiritual community, um, and it does, you know, help to talk about those theological ideas 
that maybe aren't getting talked about in my everyday life um, with people that sort of understand what I'm saying. So, and it also makes me think about things that I wouldn't necessarily think about or get exposed to other people's ideas or those kinds of things. Very cool. Um, What would you want to say to any of our listeners? Because we have listeners, most of them are here in the U.S., but we have, you know, a a lot of listeners in Canada and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. overseas. What would you say to them um, to have them maybe keep listening, um, anything like that? What would would you want to say as someone who... You're kind of you're kind of that silent force. Not I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, but you I know. Don't always say. I don't always talk. You don't it always talk, true. but when you, I think when you do talk, you say a lot of very um, poignant things, very important things. But what would you, what would you want to say to some of our listeners uh, of why Sacred Collective is important, not just for you, but like you, you said that a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, maybe you could say I don't know, like a plug or something of, of why you think <laughs> it's important. Well, I think. You know, the world is changing. And the world is very different than it used to be. And we are all looking for a type of community that we can be a part of, even if we're thousands of miles away from where that community is actually meeting. Mm -hmm. And my hope, and I know that that's part of what your hope is too, is that the Sacred Collective can be a... um, a place where people can bring their spiritual needs and feel like they're accepted and feel like they're loved and feel like they're cared for in a way that they might not in some of the more conventional church arenas. And I think that listening to us and talking about, you know, whatever it is that we're talking about at that moment or our interviews too. Or our interviews too helps to get people to know each other. Because it's hard to know people when you you know when they're across the world, but it's also nice to know that it's making an impact in other people's lives as well. And I think that's what's great about podcasting too is, I mean, yes, you have <clears throat> the invention of social media with like Instagram, Facebook, other things, but I think what's so awesome about podcasting. And I mean, Caleb can attest to this, and other people who do who do other podcasts as well too. Of uh, that, you can have this passion that you're doing, whether it's a church or spiritual community, like Sacred Collective is, or other things. And uh, let's say our, our podcast is here out of the Twin Cities in Minnesota, but you know, having people in California or Texas or wherever listening, but then having people in you know Europe and Asia and Africa being able to listen to that, you know, 20 years ago, you never had that opportunity to do that. But, mm-hmm. um, having a spirit and we always think of spiritual communities as like a church or a community center or whatever. And those are, they're, those aren't bad things. I think all of us would agree that those aren't bad things, but having that, uh, having this physical place is amazing for us who are here in the cities to partake in that. But being able to put that up online and then having people listen to it and kind of join in that community, um, I think we would all agree is a is a pretty amazing, amazing Definitely. thing. Definitely. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? 
No, I was just about to ask you if there was something else that you wanted to ask me. I want to put you on the me. spot and say this one last thing because you always hate me when I do this. What? Do you have any recommendations? Oh my gosh, I hate when you do that. Because <laughs> I can never think of anything that's good enough. Exactly. Because everybody else's stuff is more relevant than mine. But that's not the point. But it's just because the thing that I think the things that I watch are mostly the same things that I was watching ten years ago because that way I know it's going to happen. It's not emotionally invested. Would you say <laughs> would, it, would it be safe if I recommend this for you for sure. our listeners is to uh, watch or rewatch the series of Friends? Yeah, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching so, it right now because I can download it on my phone and then. You know, Netflix has that download. So you're kind of living in circa like mid to late 90s right now? Yeah, I've always... That was kind of when I loved the world. That was, was your jam? That was my jam. The, my, all my music is... Pre-Y2K? I know, seriously. <laughs> Although I do remember Y2K happening. I was working... Oh my gosh, I was working at Target. And I remember walking to work on New Year's Day in 2000. You know, we all thought the world was going to end... And the world hadn't end, ended, so I'm walking to work, you know, and everybody else had been up all night, you know, <laughs> walking, and the overnighter people were sitting there waiting to make sure no, you know, we were all like, okay, we're alive, and let's go. The rapture work. didn't happen. The rapture didn't happen. Nobody died, so we're all okay. But I, you know, it was weird. So I still remember that. It was crazy. It's good to say, though, that you recommend Friends. Yeah, I recommend Friends. It's good times. So. All right. Um, thanks, Kayleen, yeah. for um, being interviewed, and thank you for kind of being transparent about CPE and yeah, well, clinical see, pastoral stuff. And the point, of, the whole point of CPE is that you're transparent, and that's so you can't do it without it, um, unless you're a really good liar or faker, which then you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you shouldn't be. <laughs> so, anyways. But so shameless plug, plug, do CPE that's, that's if my you plug. want to do ministry. Yeah. It's important. Thanks, Kayleen. Thanks mm-hmm. uh, for being interviewed, and thanks for being part of yeah. the Collective. Thanks for We love me. you, and well, we love you too. Um, thank you for being a part of this. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. Thank <laughs> you.